developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today, visiting with us is my friend and future colleague, Josh Reese. I met Josh several years ago when I was uh, in Arizona speaking at Midwestern University College of Optometry, and I was giving a lecture uh, on the importance of vision therapy to the students at the school. And this lecture was sponsored by COVD, College of Optometrists and Vision Development. And Josh quickly made his presence known as unbelievably uh, wonderful, in-depth questions. And I'm thinking, who is this guy? He's a first year. How did he learn what he learned so quickly? And so we quickly started our friendship. And since then, I've seen him at several meetings. But Josh now is a third year optometry student. And he's going to talk to us about his creative uh, ideas and what he's doing to help other optometry students apply for the process and how to navigate not only the application, but starting to get into optometry. So before we get started, let me uh, tell you a little bit more about him. Uh, He runs multiple successful social media accounts aimed at helping optometry and pre-optometry students. His real interest, and that's why he went to optometry school, is in vision therapy, especially in neurovision rehabilitation. And uh, I found out he had been a vision therapist for a few years. He can tell you more about that uh, before he ever applied to optometry school. So, Josh, welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for having me on. It's, It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you. And so tell us a little bit about your journey. You know, how and why did you decide to go to optometry school? So I actually, uh, like I guess most people, just wanted to help people. And optometry took me a while to find. I had never really been to an optometrist growing up. I'd always passed the vision screenings and they never really um, made me go to those uh, during school. But I remember I was with a friend once after high school in college and he was making fun of me for not being able to see the the signs around me. And so I said, I guess I'll just Google where to get an eye exam. And so I remember going to the optometrist for the first time when I was like 20 and he, um, this doctor, um, gave me an eye exam and I thought, Oh my gosh, look at this profession here. That's, that's so wonderful. I had always wanted to be a doctor, but was too afraid of blood and guts. And I looked around me at the optometrist office and said, Hey, there's no blood and guts here. I could, right. Maybe I could do this. Well, that's a, a great and a sad story on 
you know, sad in this way that optometry and uh, um, has so far to come still in uh, educating our population uh, that you shouldn't wait until you're 20 and have to Google to figure out what's going on. You know, the, the preventive, true. yeah, the, the preventive recommendations are all babies within, within their first year have a screening. And actually there's a, a free vision screening program that parents with babies up to one years old can see an optometrist who's registered um, with American Optometric Association uh, program and uh, get a free screening. And then when the kid's three years old should have a full eye exam, not just a screening. And then when they start school and yearly thereafter. But for so long, we've all assumed that the screenings were everything. Um, and if you could see 2020, everything's fine. Well, you were lucky you saw 2020 for quite some time and then look just on your own accord, you were able to find where to get help and then started getting very interested in optometry. So interesting way to get uh, started in the field. So continue on your journey. Yeah, that's one. My biggest regret is not finding optometry sooner. I I love the in the intro where you say vision's more than 2020. And because that's it's so true. And um, I just know that if I would have been able to see clearer because I could always see a dirty 2020 but my mm -hmm. you know with glasses and I could see like 2015 and like it was beautiful putting them on putting my glasses on for the first time and being able to see the leaves in the trees and all of that but I love what you said about optometry being more than that because in college when I found out about vision therapy that's when I really decided for sure optometry is what I want to go into how did you find out about vision therapy? It was more of a coincidence than anything. I had joined the pre-optometry club in college because I'd figured out about like what an optometrist was and was looking into it more. And I just went on Google Maps and called a couple of optometrists near me. And one of them happened to be uh, an optometrist in the College of Optometrists for Vision Development. So his name was Dr. Duval in Provo, Utah at the new site vision therapy clinic. And it was just so inspiring to see the way he actually listened to the patient and was able to address his learning issues coming from a visual problem. And the way he did his patient education, um, it just um, it inspired me so much uh, to know that this side of optometry was out there and to be able to help people in such a meaningful and personal way. And so my understanding is you ended up uh, working at that practice for a couple of years. Is that right? Yeah, I actually applied and I didn't get in the first time. But the next round of hires that they did, I was able to be considered. And I worked there for the last two years of college. And it was just such a wonderful experience. Um, uh, for those familiar with vision therapy, we worked a lot at this clinic with um, brain injury and developmentally um, like children with learning disabilities and just some of the experiences I had there really were so rewarding to be able to work with someone for multiple sessions over multiple months to and see them slowly get better especially for brain injury patients who had a life taken away from them and to be able to slowly see that life come back 
really inspired my journey into optometry. That certainly touches our heart, which is why we continue to be in this field for sure. Josh, do you remember maybe a patient or two that really touched you or that you worked with, uh, you know, when you were a vision therapist at the practice? Was there somebody that you remember really connecting with and remembering the little details about the difference it made in their lives? I do. So the I actually wrote about these in my personal statements to go into optometry school, but one of the first patients I remember uh, helping. So this person had flown all the way from the Netherlands to here in this town in Utah to come get treatment because they didn't know where to go. And I just remember the way that she was touched by the treatment we had. We weren't able to do all of the treatment there because she had to go back home. But even the first couple of weeks of therapy that we did with her, uh, the way that it just already started to change her life. And this lady was so grateful for the treatment and the way we were able to, to listen to her and help her that I could just see the first weeks of therapy just changing her life. And it was so, so wonderful to see. And was she a patient who had sustained a brain injury? Is that why she was yes, yes, coming to see you? Yes, she was a brain injury patient. And uh-huh. like her, like many of the brain injury patients we saw at the clinic, it wasn't a recent brain injury, but one that had lingering symptoms for years. I think this particular patient was about five years where she was struggling with doctors telling her she was crazy and that she should have just gotten better by now. And that's what the literature predicts and doctors tell you, but you and I know, and so so do many thousands and thousands of the patients know that if I don't get better and I still have residual visual problems, which could include problems reading or tracking or light sensitivity or difficulty being in crowds or eye-hand coordination or processing what we see or, I mean, just a whole uh, list of visual-related problems that... Vision therapy, rehabilitative vision therapy can still be effective. You you know, this patient was five years. When I did research in 1991, we looked at the um, visual evoked potentials, VEPs. It's a brainwave testing through the visual system of patients with mild brain injury. And these were patients that were diagnosed by neurologists and neuro-ophthalmologists and and they were all at least one year post trauma. Because most people say, you know, the first year is when you're gonna get all the majority of your recovery, which I agree with. But then what happens if you haven't made full recovery, which often happens? And so we wanted to do our study on patients that are past the first year so that the spontaneous recovery for most should have happened. And we had patients up to, it was at least seven years post trauma. Wow and still showed significant improvement because nobody had worked on their visual system in all their rehab. So, well, that's good. eye-opening experience for you, Josh, to see what people will do to try to help themselves get better. And again, the sad part is that it's not available. This treatment's not available everywhere. And, uh, but now with the internet, you can get almost anything anywhere if you just persist and look, right? Yeah. yeah. Very fortunate that she was able to find some help. Yeah. 
which is great. So you worked a couple years there and now continue on your journey. What happens as you're finishing up your undergraduate school? So um, really, uh, in my journey to get into optometry school, one of the things that was hard for me is even with the internet, a lot of resources aren't there for pre-optometry students. So a lot of things like helping with the personal statement that's a little bit different for optometry students, helping with just the whole application process, a lot of that didn't exist. Just a couple of people on, on YouTube. And so I felt really lonely applying to optometry school and, and getting into Midwestern University. And so I've made it my goal uh, these last couple of years to, to really help people get into optometry school and be a resource for people. And so in optometry school, I've started to started a YouTube channel, basically, where I just help, help people get into optometry school and answer any questions I can think of. So that's been my main, well, school is my main priority right now, <laughs> but that's been my main side project is, is helping, helping people uh, get into optometry school through social media. So how do they find out about what you're doing? And then the next question will be explain what you're actually doing for them. Give some specific examples. Yeah. So I basically, anytime I'd have a question that I couldn't answer myself, I would make a YouTube video titled that, for example, um, how to sign up for the OAT, the optometry admissions test. That's, you know, you can go in the depths of the internet and find it out, but I would just make a YouTube video, make the title of that video, the question that is commonly asked, and then the videos aren't good quality. I want you to know if you go search me up on YouTube, you're not going to find the most well-edited videos out there, but I am answering the questions. And so um, not a ton of people uh, find, found out at first. It took a couple of years for it to get tens or now hundreds and sometimes thousands of views. And I know that that video could help a certain few people who had that, had that question. Uh-huh. Um, so how many views are you getting now? I mean, you said hundreds, thousands. Are you getting pretty good hits on your information? Well, there's about 6,000 people who apply to optometry school every year and get in. Uh-huh. And so I'd say it's about that about that much, not per video, but I help, I bet each video gets at least 200 to 500 views. That's amazing. And, and have you followed up with anybody or has anybody written you later and told you how it's helped them and the difference it's made? Yeah, that's actually, so I actually was about to stop making videos and I had one of my fellow students come up to me and say, hey, I watched your video, and it really helped me get into optometry school. And this was not even someone who was, you know, super distant from me, but someone who was in my class in optometry school said that my video came up to me in person and said that my video helped me. And that was a really big turning point where now I knew my videos could help people, and I started uh, being able to, to coach students in the optometry school process. So you're doing coaching as well? Yes. Yeah, so now I do through a program called Teachable. I have a course where I 
can coach people through each question that I have and kind of break it down with videos. Well, Josh, I am just in awe of your creativity, but not only that, making a difference in not just patients' life, but every new optometry student that you help that then has a patient load, you're magnifying your effect on how many people you can treat. And especially, I'm sure you'll include your passion and interest in vision therapy with many of these students as well. So I want to make sure that everybody knows how to reach you. We'll have the information on the show notes, but you want to give them your uh, easiest contact information? Yeah, so I do most of my work through social media. So you can find me at Josh Reese Optometry on Instagram. And it's that same name on YouTube and TikTok and any other program I'm on. Okay. Well, Josh, I thank you so much. I'm excited about not only you doing this wonderful project for pre-optometry students, but I'm excited for you to be an optometrist and take all of your uh, intuitive and excitement and passion into our fields, because I know that you're going to make a big difference uh, at whatever level you are as an optometrist. So I look forward to seeing you at our meetings and being colleagues and you graduating in another year and a half. All right. Thank you so much for having me on, Dr. Hellerstein. It's been wonderful to talk to you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.